0: all have those moments where we feel remarkably unqualified but for some strange reason we choose to be unafraid. I'm Jessica Rowe, a film student, creative and the host of this podcast. I don't know what I'm doing and neither do my guests as together we dive into conversations about boldly following our passions and kicking goals. With a focus on creativity and being a young adult in Adelaide, unqualified and unafraid embraces just going for it. So in 2022 I'm going to be aiming to upload at least one Unqualified and Unafraid podcast a month since I'm going to be really busy with study and work but some months if I have a bit of extra time you will get more than one. Coming up in either February or March you will hear a special three-part series that I created in collaboration with my cousin who runs Musho Laundry where we interview creatives from Canberra and Adelaide And now I'm uploading a solo episode where I'm talking about my experience making my documentary, The E-Girls of Adelaide. Are you an (laughs) E-Girl? Are you an E-Girl? Are you an (laughs) E-Girl? know. it seems like such a simple question, but it's so complicated because it comes with so much other baggage and there's so many different aspects to it. I think the stereotype around being an E-Girl has kind of declined. I don't really know what an ego is. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe Skins was the influence. Last year, I put out a documentary called The Egos of Adelaide. It just went for 10 minutes and I interviewed Arlo, Imo and Alan, self-proclaimed egos about the subculture, kind of about the Adelaide alternative scene. Um, we talked actually a lot about the popularity of OnlyFans, um, in the ego community and things like that. Yeah, if you haven't seen that yet, please go watch it because I put my blood, sweat and tears into it. A lot of the times any filmmaker I feel like will relate to this. You put so much work into something and you release it and then you just feel like, oh, it's just gone into the abyss, like nothing, you don't really get anything back, like, you don't make films, like, when you're, when you're, like, first start out, you're not making films for money, you you know what I mean, like, you're making films for the art of it, I guess, and for your portfolio. Um, Even so, I'm super happy with, like, what the response has been, it's got over 2,000 views, and I have got my eyes on (laughs) 3,000, hopefully, but, You know, the Instagram algorithm, let's talk about that for a second. Like Instagram is just, uh, it's dying. Like it's so hard to like gain any organic traction these days. So honestly, I have actually been um, experimenting a lot with promoting just like really minimal budgets, like $10 at a time kind of thing. But that has actually helped a lot of getting attention for the Ego documentary. Every time I promote it. I always get, like, at least one or two people sharing it, um, like, really engaging with it. And, like, to me, that's way more important than, like, it getting 10,000 views. I'd rather, like, get people actually talking about it and, like, messaging me about it and sharing on their stories. Like, I feel like the engagement and people, like, joining the conversation is so much more satisfying than just, like, a number. So thank you to everyone who has shared it because I'm like so lucky to have a lot of supportive people who support my creative endeavours and things like that. I just kind of wanted to talk about the making of that really in case anyone was interested because um, honestly, I'm just not ready to let it go. <laughs> I want to I juice the documentary for all it's worth um, and make a podcast episode out of it because I put a lot of work into it. So I'm kind of going to walk you through the process, but also answer some questions that I got from Instagram. One of the questions that I got was how long did it take to come to fruition? How long did the process take from start to finish? From pre-production to upload, it took me 17 months. It took me over a year. I had the idea from when I had the idea to when I actually posted it online. It took me 17 months. (laughs) That's, like, a bit sad, but not really because I was studying. I I did a year of uni. Like, I was doing so many other projects. Like, you know, I was living my life and also doing this on, a, on the side by choice. And honestly, why do I do that to myself? <laughs> but it was definitely worth it. So the egos of Adelaide, it started off because I... I know that I love making documentaries. It's my preferred medium um, of film. I really enjoyed watching documentaries about different subcultures. For example, like Paris is burning or the decline of Western civilization. Those are some of my main inspirations for this documentary. But I remember sitting there thinking, what can I make that hasn't possibly been made before? Because all of the great subcultures of the world have already been analyzed in really amazing documentaries or so I thought right because then I was like well there's new subcultures emerging every day wouldn't it be funny if like I analyzed the ego subculture as if it was you know (laughs) kind of as revolutionary as like the punk subculture or something like that even though obviously as we know with subcultures there's so much overlap so i thought okay let's make one of these subculture documentaries that i love so much about a modern subculture i started off by listing my documentary form so i called this a categorical documentary i thought it fit that description because it focused on a specific category which was e-girls to convey information about the world so i The um documentary was about egos, but it wasn't really about e-girls, it was about Gen Z alternative culture in general. Like really, it was much broader than like what's an ego, you know. It was kind of like a look into (laughs) Gen Z culture. The core explorations that I wrote down, I'm kind of just going through my pre-production now, but the core explorations that I wrote down was how to define an ego online persona versus lifestyle, history of the e-girl, brackets, gamer culture, e-girls and sexuality, e-girls and feminism, e-girls as a defined fashion style. So then I wrote down all the production roles. Um, Most of the help that I had was for actually post-production. So the production roles changed a lot. I had people on board, then people couldn't make it, we switched around. Anyway... I did have Sabella as a shooting assistant for one of the shoots, which was really helpful. But aside from that, I was the one who was doing pre-production and production. Um, I was interviewing. I planned everything out. I I shot with the camera, everything like that. Um, And then when it came to post-production, that is when I got help. So one of the main things I get um, comments about is – how awesome the animation is at the beginning now I wish that I could but I cannot take any of the credit for the animation because that was all Bella so um if you are like I know that she actually had some people reach out to her after the documentary came out asking her to do some animation work for them. So if anyone is interested in knowing more about that, definitely go to Sabella. And um, I'm very grateful that she did that for me. I know that it was a lot of work um, for kind of volunteering. So big thanks. Oh, I really wanted a set designer, but that didn't work out because like, I'm definitely a kind of big picture thinker. I love the interviewing I love the storytelling aspect of it but I'm not necessarily the best when it comes to like choosing the best way to set up the interview if that makes sense like with the set um, I would rather someone else uh deal with that detail so that I can focus on the actual structure of the documentary I edited it all and I had help with music The Egos of Adelaide is the song at the beginning and the end that um, was composed by Daphne Boston Zoglu and Sebastian Miliotis. Sorry, I'm probably saying all these names very wrong. Um, Recorded and mixed by Connor Boyle, Daphne on the guitar, Sebastian on the drums. And then we have E-Girls Online, which was one of the songs that was used throughout the documentary that was composed and performed by Erin. So big thank you to all my music makers. In the parts of the documentary where it shows uh, all of the eGirls' social media photos from Instagram, you'll notice that the layout of those photos is kind of like in a Polaroid um, frame, and then the background is all these little digital hearts, so Amy Evans created that graphic for me. The other kind of help I enlisted for the post-production was I, my teacher was really helpful. He gave me so much advice for making this documentary in the post-production stages and how to actually make it better and I definitely learned so many lessons from that. He also gave me some Adelaide like footage of Rundle Mall and stuff that I could use in the documentary. I wrote a pre-production checklist for all the things that I had to do. I did kind of a look and feel references so a look and feel page so the reference one was I'm with the band Nasty Cherry. It's a really cool show on Netflix that's made by like Charlie XEX and she <laughs> creates a girl band from scratch and we kind of follow their journey. So the what I wrote is I really liked the femme punk visual aesthetic, the artistic and stage cutaways, the in-her-bedroom style interviews and the way that it was kind of so clearly done through the female gaze the next reference was Paris is Burning so the bits that inspired me from that is interviews shot while doing makeup highlights the glamour of the subculture and an intimate look at what their subculture means to them so if you haven't seen Paris is Burning it's a really famous um and really good documentary about um drag a group of drag queens um in i can't remember what city it's based in but it was like a really prominent drag queen community so then the next reference was the decline of western civilization which is actually a three-part well there's three different um documentaries called the decline of western civilization and they all um analyze the punk subculture um, at the time or like kind of the trendy subculture at the time. So like, I think one of them's punk, like one of them's more like glam metal or something like, don't quote me on this, but there's three different ones all analyzing different kinds of subcultures throughout time. So the bits that inspired me for this was the honest interviews and the fact that at some points it kind of transitioned into a participatory documentary due to the presence of the interviewer's voice And then I also enjoyed the room tours and the special segments where they kind of like the characters would tour them around their house and things like that. The other reference was just Ego Instagram in general. So busy and anti-minimalist visuals. Um, So I guess that's maximalist, not anti-minimalist. So then I kind of made a note saying this will mostly be determined by the Ego's outfits and bedrooms themselves. Um, Busy yet cohesive frames and colourful. The special segment ideas and planning. So these were like all of the ideas that I had for the special segments. What you ended up seeing in the documentary was a shoe collection tour from Alan and a room tour from Arlo. We did film um, a makeup tutorial with Imo but that just did not really end up fitting in the final project so yeah we had to cut that. But the ideas that I had originally was room tour, wardrobe tour, my cam girl setup. Oh, we did actually get a we did get a studio tour from Arlo, which was great in the final one. And we also <laughs> got a car tour from Arlo. We drove in the Hello Kitty car, which is actually one of my favorite segments. It's like it's very entertaining. My other ideas was building an ego outfit, ego makeup tutorial, taking Instagram pictures, making e-girl faces and out and about as an ego, I made a list of all the film festivals that I was interested in, which I did – and I have entered it into two film festivals so far. One of them I know for sure we didn't get into. The other one I'm still waiting on results but I'm not really getting my hopes up to be honest. <laughs> Something that I did to actually, is how I found two of the e-girls was, and by the way, all of the um, people who were featured in the documentary are actually non-binary. Two of them go by they, then, One of them goes by she and them. I did ask their permission about like using the term e-girl to describe them for the sake of the documentary. And obviously they all volunteered in a documentary called The Eagles of Adelaide so just wanted to clarify that that's why I'm saying e The way that I found the E-Girls was I created a little meme. <laughs> it's, it. I used um word art, like really tacky word art. I said, ooh tag an e We're making a documentary and need E-Girls. DM me for more info. And then it says, please tag your green-haired, blush-loving friends. So, it looks really stupid, like, it uses really bad word art, it's got a little picture of Belle Delphine on it, Um, and I posted that onto Facebook and Instagram on the hopes that, like, it would get a lot of engagement. Um, It didn't get too much engagement, but people definitely had a laugh at it, and I found Alan and Imo through this meme, so there you go. So, the equipment that I used was my tripod, my Panasonic G85 camera, road mic. I used um, a little mini LED light that I have. I used natural light where possible and I only use the LED lights for the kind of strobe cutaways. So that is pretty much the end of my pre-production document that I've just gone through. When it came to editing it, it was a really long process because the biggest lesson that I learned from it is because I started this kind of before I had really gone through film school. Like, I'd say that now if I made this again, I would be far more knowledgeable and prepared for making it. But I kind of started this way back before I really had um, any proper training, right? So would say definitely, definitely know how long your documentary is going to be before you start making it. Know how long your film is going to be before you start making it. Because the issue was I had this massive gigantic list of questions and I was like, well, it'll end up as long as however it ends up. But the problem is when you write your questions in that long list and then you go to edit it, the way you've asked the questions and the way that you've structured the whole shoot makes it harder for you to cut it down, if that makes sense. If you know that you want a really concise five-minute film, you're going to ask your questions in that in a way and structure your shoot in a way that caters to that, and make sure you're getting as much out of as little questions as possible and having way more focus points. My questions were, in my opinion, looking back at them, a bit all over the place. The order made sense but there was just so many different topics and so many different things that I ended up having to cut out because, yeah, I didn't really have like a time limit for the documentary. This was the thing. It's either going to be a 20-minute deep dive into e-girls, which is how it originally started off when I edited it, but looking at that, I was like, this just doesn't need to be 20 minutes. Like, it's boring. It was boring. We don't need to talk for 20 minutes about e-girls, right? Um, but then it could either be a five-minute thing where it's just, like, an introduction to e-girls, right? But that's not what I wanted. I wanted to go deeper. So it kind of ended up at a bit of an awkward length of ten minutes, which, to make something really film festival-friendly, you want it to be, like, five minutes or ten minutes. Like, kind of the shorter the better, unless you're making, like, going out there trying to make a feature, you know? It would have really helped in my edit if I had known my time limit before and kind of had a bit more direction on what the documentary was. Like I thought I did, I did so much planning but then you get to the edit and you're like "Mm, I really kind of should have narrowed this down a little bit more My teacher actually suggested that it might have worked better as a film if I had just kind of featured for example Arlo like just a documentary about Arlo because obviously a lot of the cutaways we ended up using were um, about their life, like the car, the studio, and things like that. Obviously I had interviewed Imo and Alan and they were absolutely amazing. So I wanted to keep everyone in because that's like, I was set on that, you know, um, that's what this documentary was going to be. It was going to be three e-girls, right? But in terms of like kind of efficiency and, structure of a documentary it could have been better if I had narrowed the topics down and narrowed the even just you know featuring one person or something. The thing that also took ages is obviously when you get other people involved making stuff for you you're working to their time frames you're working to when they're free and I'm where I started assigning like music and assigning animations to people that's also took a lot of time because we were all super busy so it took a long time to get those artifacts back so i could add them in and then it was just a matter of finalizing it getting feedback from my teacher and getting it out there i actually had it done for like two and a bit weeks i think before i put it out there because i i'd finished it but i was like i don't know what to do now like do i just put it out there it felt like so underwhelming like I was waiting for like a sign to put it out there you know (laughs) that's kind of a deep dive into making the egos of Adelaide and what I learned I would say I'm really keen on making more documentaries like this probably after I finish my degree next year because otherwise whoa I'm gonna be so overwhelmed but I really want to create a documentary about the um sticker bombers like slap taggers of Adelaide Um, In this really similar style, but obviously a lot more Structured and just better in general because honestly, I know so much more about using my camera now And I have an ND filter which stops everything from being fucking overexposed, which is great So someone asked why did you pick those people in particular? So there was really no rhyme or reason to why I chose these people I'm not in the ego community, right? So already It is a question of, I guess it's like an ethical question of like, how can you try to represent this subculture when you're not actually in it, you know? And that's an issue I think that I'm going to be like grappling with a lot throughout my creative career. I knew it was going to be kind of hard to find people who would be willing to sit for a documentary. And so... To me, if I put something out there, the first people to respond who sound keen, I'm like, well, I know you're reliable because I know you're really interested. I don't have to convince you. You know what I mean? I don't want to pressure someone into doing it. And there's only so far that I could reach as well. Like, I I posted everything on social media, but you know, social media is an echo chamber. You can't reach like past a certain point, you know what I mean? Like, unless all of my friends were like sharing it, which is hard to mobilize people to do that, um, I was only going to reach a certain number of people, you know? I basically chose these people because they were the ones who seemed the most interested. Arlo, I knew I wanted Arlo in the documentary. Um, they were like the only ego that I really Kind of new, so I was like, I definitely want to have them. So I did message them directly asking, and luckily they were super into it um, because I had followed their Instagram for ages, and I knew that they were exactly the kind of person who I would love to feature. You know, they had they at the time they were doing OnlyFans, they were posting a lot of stuff in kind of that ego aesthetic. That worked out really well. Emo and Alan were actually friends um, um, and they both kind of contacted me through that meme. I'm super happy with all of the people that I got because they were all super interesting people and, like, it wouldn't have been the same documentary without them, you know what I mean? Like, if I had got one different person, it would have been, like, a completely different documentary because that's how I like to do my documentaries. I want them to be driven by the people who are actually featured. So what I loved about each of them is, like, Imo was really kind of no bullshit kind of vibe. They they told it how it was and they kind of did their social commentary, you know. Alan was extremely honest, honest in front of the camera and like one of my favorite parts of them is talk was when they were talking about like. I really I just like get up and try to survive and try to exist and the only way I can do that is by like getting up and like trying to make myself look like this something that I will do for my next documentary slap taggers or sticker bombers of Adelaide <laughs> I really gotta make this now that I'm talking it up um I want to really try and infiltrate the community and ask around about who the best people to talk to are it was definitely harder with e-girls because obviously like any alternative style there's so much crossover it's not like there's one like group that is like yes we are the e-girls and this is the most this is the queen ego you know what I mean like whereas with slap tigers and sticker bombers I do feel it will be easier because there are those really prolific um significant sticker bombers that you see everywhere in Adelaide right what made me decide that this was a side of Adelaide you wanted to tell so well, I just think that, like, any alternative culture or subculture is super interesting and I feel that Adelaide has the reputation of not being – um not having a super artsy or creative culture, um, which when you're, like, in – when you associate with creative people, it's kind of so sad to hear that because there's so many talented, really outside of the box – um, like quirky people in our city and I feel like that needs to be celebrated more rather than like kind of shot on by the naysayers <laughs> um would you be making more videos about the other subcultures of Adelaide definitely I'd love to I'd probably narrow it down a bit more like in a way like the egos of Adelaide is kind of like a one-off shtick if that makes sense because it's kind of like a joke, like or the egos of adelaide like why are you making a documentary about that next time i think i would make a documentary about groups more established as i said earlier for example like the slap taggers of adelaide or the sticker bombers of adelaide um because that's more of an actual group and you're not just kind of like taking an internet label and trying to define it like the whole documentary of the egos of adelaide is kind of like myself and the egos trying to define what it actually is. Whereas I think if I did another documentary, it would be with a group that's way more defined in itself already. That brings us to the end of the episode. To stay updated on all the exciting things Unqualified and Unafraid has coming up, make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at youandyou underscore podcast.